Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop. Whoop is a fitness tracker that provides daily insight into your recovery, your strain, and your sleep. You might have seen it on the wrist of Rory as he won the Tour Championship or other Tour players. I had to find out more, so I reached out, got my own band, talked to some of the folks at Whoop, and I was blown away. And then, lucky enough, they wanted to support and sponsor the podcast and let more folks know about it as well. Here are the three things you need to know. There's three metrics, strain, recovery, and sleep. Strain is for those that are looking to track more than just steps. Track how strenuous your day is from start to finish. And this is key, get insight into how much you exert yourself during training. The second one is recovery. That is so you can get daily insight into how ready your body is to perform by looking at some biometrics such as heart rate variability, resting heart rate, and sleep performance. The last one is sleep. It's all about optimizing the way that you sleep by getting target sleep times based on how strenuous your day was and your performance goals. You can monitor your sleep stages, cycles, time in bed, actual sleep, sleep efficiency, and so much more. And, you know, the best players in the world are paying attention to this, as we found out from the Whoop CEO, Will Ahmed. You know, Justin Thomas was telling me how obsessed he is with sleep. This is a guy who will just get up in the middle of dinner to go to bed if he feels like he's not going to bed at the appropriate time because he knows that he has to get a certain number of hours of sleep in order to feel that recovered, in order to feel, you know, peak on the day of the tournament or, you know, even on the weekends, right? Uh, He was saying that he actually had a green recovery on the Sunday of leading the BMW tournament. I think that's pretty cool, right? You know, normally when you're leading the tournament, you're going to feel an additional level of stress. In his case, it was the opposite because he's figured out ways to to train his body and, and to use Whoop. Definitely check this out and learn more about Whoop. It's W-H-O-O-P dot com. Use the code G-S-L for 15% off your membership. That is G-S-L. Definitely go check out Whoop dot com. You are listening to the Golf Science Lab podcast. My name is Cordy Walker, and I'm on a mission to figure out how to improve the way that we learn and get better at golf. I've been able to travel all over the world talking to the leaders in the industry, from instructors to researchers to golfers themselves, learning how they're getting better at golf and what that means for you. Hey, everybody. My name is Cordy Walker. Welcome back to our third day on our little mini practice series it's been a, a good week. Uh, the first two days we've talked with Ian Highfield, day one, talking about his idea of uh, called train to learn. This idea of if we have a, a swing technique change or something we're trying to learn, how do we go about doing that most efficiently so that that learning lasts a long time, as <laughs> long as possible? Uh, and the second thing is train to perform. So we talked about yesterday on day two, this idea of uh, how do we perform at our best, right? How do we make sure that we're training so that we play our best golf when we want it to. And today I, I want to tackle a question here that I get a lot from people. And it's this idea of why am I stuck? Why am I at this uh, plateau that I can't seem to break through? So today we're going to take uh, one angle and we're going to talk about that question in relation to practice and growth and learning. Obviously, there are a lot of different angles to take. Maybe, a, you know, there's a, a physical aspect. Uh, there is a swing technique thing. There's like, there's a lot of different things we could go down, but I specifically just want to tackle that question in regards to learning and practice. That's what we're going to do. And at the end, I've been talking about this announcement of this launch that we're just dropping here in Golf Science Lab. We'll talk about that at the end. I have a little cliffhanger to keep you listening here, but all right, let's get into it. 
So why can't you break through your plateau? Well, today I want to talk about one specific reason, one specific concept that I see people avoiding at all costs. And I think it is really hurting them from seeing that growth that they want to see. And so, you know, let's talk about this scenario that a lot of us are in. Season after season goes by. We have these great goals. We want to play well in a, you know, some tournaments. You want to, you know, lower your handicap to a certain point so you can do, you know, compete in something at your club. Maybe you just want to beat, a, you know, a friend of yours that you just can't seem to get better than. And so you, you set out with these goals. You set out with these ideas of, I'm going to go to the driving range, you know, twice a week. I'm going to do the putting drill. I, you know, I'm going to hit the four foot putts. I'm going to work on the short game. I'm going to do the whole thing and I'm going to get better and I'm going to play my best golf ever. And, you know, a month goes by, a couple months goes by and the scores just are not going lower. Maybe one round is lower and then you have like three really bad rounds and you're just frustrated to no end and can't figure out why this isn't working is you get stuck in the cycle of just trying things, right? Let's say the last round you hooked a couple tee shots, you know, way left out of bounds. So you now go and you're YouTubing and Instagramming how to fix a, a duck hook with the driver and you're going out and trying different things. And, and then the next time that doesn't work, so you try something else and you just get in this cycle. I think this cycle stems from a core knowledge that's missing. And it's this concept, this comes from a piece of research by Dr. Robert Bjork. And this concept is simply this, that the performance during practice or during training does not equal the amount of learning. Let me say that again. Hopefully it'll sink in here a little bit. But your performance during practice or training does not equal your learning. So that means that doing things wrong, that making errors and potentially failing during practice is okay. It means that that could actually be where the learning is and that perfection during practice does not mean that you're learning something that's going to transfer out to the golf course with you. And, and just to backtrack a little bit, but I mean, that's the goal of our practice. The goal of our practice isn't to perfect something on the driving range. The goal of our practice is to learn a skill or learn something that we can take to the golf course, that we can learn something that's going to help us shoot a lower score and accomplish that goal that we set out with. So the term that encompasses this idea is desirable difficulties. We've talked about it before on the podcast and it's one of my favorite phrases. Having this understanding that what's really difficult, what's really challenging, you know, I might fail at is good for me. And in that challenge and in that difficulty is actually where the learning is. It, Robert Bjork, we've had him on the podcast in the past. You should go back and listen to it, but talked about how like learning is actually in the errors, is actually in the failure. It's not in the perfectly flighted seven irons. It's in the mistakes and it's in the errors that you make when you challenge yourself, when you set yourself up in a difficult situation and train in that environment. And, and I think the best analogy to understand this, I, I've heard is from Dr. Mark Guadagnoli, phenomenal guy, came with it, this idea of challenge point. And it talked about it like this, if you're going to lift weights, if you're going to work out, you wouldn't take the lightest weight and use it over and over and over again forever. You would increase the weight that you're using during your workout 
so that you, uh, you know, you're causing strain on your muscles and you're creating more muscle by working harder each time. And in the same way during our practice and our training, we need to increase the difficulty depending on how much we can lift and in this, in this environment, how, what our skill level is with golf, right? So we need to adjust the weight. We need to adjust the difficulty of our practice based on our, our skill level to really get the most out of that time. When I think back on, you know, my own story as a junior golfer, you know, playing in high school competitively, really enjoying it. And, and I was okay. You know, I was fine, enjoyed playing in, in kind of the, the state and whatnot and did okay, but could never really, never really improved like I wanted to, never really reached, you know, the goals that I, that I had for myself. And, you know, looking back and just looking at, you know, the, the daily or the weekly actions, it was a lot of the same stuff over and over again. It'd be hitting balls on the range. It'd be playing, you know, nine holes with friends. And there wasn't much difficulty in any of it until you show up at a tournament and you got to perform, right? So that was a very much of, of just easy practice, easy training. And then when you get to competition, it really didn't transfer to it. And it wasn't in start until later on this journey after I'd been talking with, you know, folks that understand practice and whatnot and started hearing about what the research said and, and changing the way that I approached getting better that I saw different results in my own game. Once I started understanding that, you know, the errors and the challenge and the difficulty and the failures, where it's at, like that's, that's what we're going for. That's really when I saw a breakthrough. Let me paint a picture for what that means and how my practice has changed. And this story is actually probably opposite of what you think I'm going to say. So with this idea of desirable difficulties, you want to change the difficulty depending on the skill of somebody. So when getting started for a season of golf, what I personally do is instead of heading back to the the tips and giving myself a full challenge when going out and playing golf and, um, you know, getting getting some practice in that way, I'll go up to the very first tees and I work on shooting par from the easiest, air quotes, the easiest part of the golf course and work backwards. And I found that by doing that, one, I have a really specific goal when I go train and I go out on the golf course and, and play golf. Two, I have to pay attention to my score, which we have to do during competition. So I want to train like that and get better at, you know, being under the gun, knowing my score, knowing where I'm at, knowing where I need to get to. And then thirdly, I stay really interested because you know, even if you have a bad start, make a double bogey or, or whatnot, you know that there's opportunities to make birdies because you've changed the golf course to make it easier. So you have an opportunity to win at the game. You have an opportunity to succeed. And in that difficulty, I've just scaled it to be more appropriate to my skill level. And then as the season goes along, I'll work myself back and just change the way that I play. And if I'm out training, that's something that I'll do just to give myself a really specific target. You know, if I'm not working on anything, you know, really targeted in the game, that's something that I'll do to scale the difficulty to be optimal. And then what about on the flip side of that, when you head to the driving range, you know, to work on your work on your golf swing, work on hitting the ball a little bit better. How would it look in that situation? Well, for one, we've now defined that the goal is not to 
you know, hit that seven iron perfectly. It's, it's in fact to give ourselves a little bit of a challenge, give ourselves a little bit of difficulty, which to operate in and, and to figure out how we work. So what might that mean? Well, you know, very simply, if you are creating a game for yourself, whether that's a, you know, you need to hit the fairway with your driver or your hybrid or whatnot, you know, some number of times, you know, typically the rule of thumb would be, could we get that 60 to 70% of the time, create a task where that's achievable for you. So let's say that you wanted to create a, a 40 yard fairway and your, your goal is to hit it, you know, six or seven out of 10 times. What club can you go do that with and, and give yourselves that difficulty and, and maybe looking a little bit at this concept of function over form. You know, we're so obsessed with our, our form and how things look and, I fall in the same trap, right? Like if I video my golf swing, I'm, I'm done. I'm a goner because it's, it's locked in my brain and I just keep thinking about it. And if I see something I don't like, or you just get mad and you lose all your confidence and you're just, you're gone. And cause we're obsessed with that form. We're obsessed with the aesthetics. And, you know, I, I think shifting that paradigm a little bit more towards being obsessed with functionality being obsessed with how well you can, you know, perform under pressure is a little bit more important. And so by, by creating yourself some tasks, by creating yourself some games that are looking more at like, how can I do this? Let's, let's go back to that fairway thing. So if I have a 40 yard wide fairway that I need to, you know, I need to hit six or seven out of 10 golf balls into that fairway, you know, what club can I do that with? And, and seeing with what you have today, how are you going to do that? Is it hitting kind of like this trap hookish, you know, three iron, which is just, you hit that shot, like you, you know it and you hit it really well and you can definitely get that, you know, six or seven out of 10 times in there. And then, then you try, you know, that same shot with your hybrid or a three wood. And then, you know, you work up to the driver and it's this idea of we're constantly challenging ourselves. We're giving ourselves a, a little bit more difficulty every time, a time that we attempt that task during our practice or during our training. And, and in that, when we don't succeed and when we have to try to figure it out, you know, go back to the drawing board of, all right, that didn't work. What do I need to do? Do I need to try to hit a different type of shot, take a different club? You know, this is, you know, maybe this is the ball flight issues that I have. Let's do a, a double check on the fundamentals. How's, how's my alignment? How's my ball position? How are all these different things? You know, and, and start to think like a problem solver when you're out there training, you know, start to think like, you know, with what I have today, with what's going on right now, what are, what are some of the things or the clues that I should go look at so I can perform this task that I want to go perform with, with what I have here today. And I think a lot of us would benefit from working more on this function, working more on, you know, working more on improving what we have today than trying to achieve some mythical perfection. So why are you stuck at the scores that you shoot at the handicap you're at and the finishes and tournaments, you know, where you're at with that? Well, I, I think a, a big reason is maybe you aren't applying the concepts of desirable difficulties to your training and to your mindset around getting better. What are those things you need to remember? Well, number one, the learning is in the errors, not in the perfection. It's so important. And number two, Make sure to scale the difficulty of your training depending on your skill level. Just getting started, like not your novice golfer, make golf way easier than what you see on TV or how you how most people practice. Make it way easier and you're gonna get way better results. Or if you're a really good golfer, you need to make your training way more difficult than how you're practicing right now. So you can push yourself so when you show up for competition, 
it's not this big stretch from how you were practicing. Hey, this was fun. Three days, we've talked about a few different topics about learning and in practice. One of my favorite topics, I hope that you enjoyed this. And now, you know, kind of the launch that I've been teasing. It's this new training program called Practice Secrets. And here's the goal. I've learned so much over the past five years from coaches, from researchers, from golfers about how learning actually happens, but what kind of practice actually gets the best results. And I've been having conversations over and over again with folks about, you know, what they need to do to get started with better practice. What are the, the most important things I think they should know? And I've been getting these emails, having these conversations. And I thought, I want to tell this to everybody. I think this is so important. So, We went out and put it together, you know, the most important topics, briefly explain each topic you need to understand, and then give you kind of an action to go out and take so you can explore that idea. We've spent months doing this, so it's filming and editing, putting together the whole system and portal and whatnot. It is really cool. I'm super happy. We've taken some fellow Golf Science Lab insiders through it, gotten it all tested out, have a bunch of great feedback in there, and I can't wait for all of you to dive into this. So golfsciencelab.com slash practice secrets is where you need to go to check out what this is all about. I'm pumped to finally launch this. It's been a long journey. It's taken a lot of thought to get it here. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. I love putting these things out. Anytime you do a launch like this, you know, you're a little nervous, you're excited just because you don't know if people are going to say the response. And so I can't wait to hear what you all are going to say about this, please check it out. Send me an email. I can't wait to get your feedback on what we've been working on, what we've been creating with Practice Secrets program. We have a special offer. If you're listening to this and it's in the first five days of the launch of this, make sure to go check that out ASAP because we have a special thing included, which I'm also excited about. Kind of, It was a side product of working on this program. We had this other thing developed, which is really cool, which I can't wait to share with you all. But that is what we have launched and it's trying to summarize to put into a a simple to understand easy to implement easy to explore see how it works for you and for your golf game concepts on better practice and better learning and then we also had some great you know add-ons from ian highfield who joined us he brought this idea of training circuits and shared shared four of those four unique training circuits that you can go implement working on different areas of your game I, i love this idea that that he has of these training circuits and Uh, It was really cool of him to walk us through those in video and show everything, explain everything and and go through each of those. So that is what we just released. I, I couldn't be more excited about it and I can't wait for you to check it out and give us your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for supporting Golf Science Lab. It's just an amazing community of folks here. And it's just so awesome to to talk with you all on a regular basis. Hope you enjoyed this. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We'll be back next week with something totally different, but you're going to love it. I guarantee. My name is Cordy Walker. I've been your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker. And this was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions.